Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we finish off our series in, in musical world, Wild West space musical world. Again, I always recommend that you listen to the first part of the series before trying to jump into the second part. You'll be very, very confused. But a big shout out to our longtime listener and patron Jay for submitting this week's prompt. Always good to hear from you. And remember that if you want us to build your world like we're doing with Jay's, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click on the link, follow the instructions, and in no time, you'll be hearing us building your world live on the podcast. It's not live. You get what I'm talking about. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord and chat with us about what your favorite musical is, perhaps, you can always go to our link in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want those sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, you can go to our Patreon with the link in the description and give us money there. Enough of the shilling. Let's get into the episode. Now, last we left off, we had a twist and we have to reconcile it this episode. That twist was someone is manipulating everything from behind the scenes and it's not who you expect. So we've got the twist. We've got our musical world with beautiful resonance, space themes, Western vibes. What are we looking at getting into today? Daniel, why don't you start us off with your reconciliation of the twist? I think the expectation, what would we would expect to be people pulling the scene, pulling the strings behind the scenes would obviously either be the aliens or um, the music producers, right? I agree. So, yep. I think if we want to go with the unexpected, we might want to think about um, some small timers. So perhaps like, you know, some podunk, um, you know, Wild West type characters who have stumbled upon either some secret technology and are really behind everything mm -hmm. or some small time criminal, you know, boss who um, maybe uh, finagles his way into whatever the adventuring party is kind of as a dope, but really he's planning on screwing them over. And so, mm. you know, perhaps there's a, a villain who's a parent, like perhaps like a music producer who seems bad or some, some, somebody from the inner rim, right. Who's part of their group and they, they don't trust. Whereas like the, the gap tooth yokel is really the one who has the real power behind the situation. It is a long standing rule that I have in my life. Never to trust the gap tooth yokel. <laughs> Um, but only if they self-identify as a yokel. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> like, like you know, the soft-spoken kind of, um, you know, seemingly unintelligent uh, backwater type mm. who actually is cleverer than you think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I took a very different approach to this. But before I get into my spiel, Courtney, how did you approach it? Um, so I was thinking that maybe the discovery of the tuning fork station on the outskirts wasn't a truly organic thing, mm. but there's actually been someone there who had found it years before and got stuck there and has been sending out signals for help, which is what mm. lured others in, but they've been out there for so long alone. Maybe they've even been avoiding the alien influences. They might've kind of lost it a bit mentally. They're essentially like haunting the place and guiding mm. people around it in a certain way by like, 
creating obstacles and making certain areas more unsafe and other areas easier to get through. They're almost like guiding people to certain regions within the abandoned tuning fork, right? Mm -hmm. We really needed to come up with names for these stations, I realize, (laughs) but it's way too late now. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, okay. Uh, I I like the directions y'all took it in, and there's definitely some overlap with my kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. Daniel, like you, I I, I didn't have a yokel in mind, but I, I agree. I thought that the aliens and the record producers were the obvious choices, you know, behind, um, behind those who were behind those who were behind it. Wow. I sound dumb. Anyway, (laughs) makes sense. uh, And and I I had this idea that there is a very famous musician from like the upper rim who is actually well-known and well-liked by many people. And he's actually the one or, or they are actually the one who are, responsible for this mass exodus towards the abandoned station. And it's because the alien essence, the bad note that is in him after he uh, took the, the, the record deal still longs for the, their missing partner over on that station. And for some reason he doesn't understand he is the one who's manipulating everything by being a taste banker, by being the popular Mm. one uh, behind like, Hey, I'm going to go set this trend by going out to this place. And, and he's, he's, or they've been kind of the one who's been like, all right, cool. I'm going to be the one to do it. And as a result has started this trend of, or, or this mass exodus out to this abandoned tuning fork. So how do we take these three ideas and blend them together in some kind of seeming, uh, a seamless way? Like what works, what doesn't, what can we kind of make work? I think they can fit together pretty easily. They seem they seem to be puzzle puzzle pieces that are fit, mm-hmm. you can fit them. You just have to shape a few things. I think. I think. Well, we've got three. So we got three powers. We've got something hidden in the destination that's calling right. people. Right. Yeah. We have a man who, um, not necessarily through his full awareness, is the instrument of the exodus. Right. And mm-hmm. we have. Um, someone with malicious intent who is among the travelers who, mm-hmm. who also is wheel is, is actively wielding a power against them. So, right. I don't have the answers, but I'm trying to set those are the three pieces we have together. And I think um, the way it seems to me is probably the, the real power is the one hidden in, in the destination because mm-hmm. it might mm-hmm. be the one that's influencing the man who is exhibiting the powers that pull people into the exodus. But I wonder then if the man in the middle, the yokel is somehow harnessing whatever the, the, the the entity in Mm. the destination is using or can harness it in a weaponized sort of way. Mm -hmm. I like the kind of triumvirate that we have going on here. I think that the real thread that I see is, the the lover on the abandoned station is that kind of guiding force that Courtney was mm-hmm. suggesting. And then mm-hmm. I, I, we've got to figure out that that devious yokel. I don't know why I'm thinking of him as like a prospector, but in my yeah. head, that's what he looks like. You know he seems I mean? like he's after money, I think. I don't think he cares about any of this mysticism. It's kind of funny because I was actually, for whatever reason, picturing them, and I know this doesn't quite fit the yokel thing, but as like a school marm type. Oh, like okay. a very oh, like work. <laughs> a very like innocuous like nobody would ever suspect this person mm. of being bad and just kind of like 
they're sort of like bumbling and um like an evil Miss Doubtfire. I can go for that. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, but less funny though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm maybe think- that's their scheme. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, to get their children back from the divorce? <laughs> 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 I mean, I guess I guess we have to figure out like how does setting aside the yokel for a minute, like how right. does the dynamic work with this trapped lover and um how they're influencing the inner rim character. And what's the danger there? Um, I think that what I'm kind of seeing this as is that Courtney's entity is the one who's calling, is beckoning. Mm -hmm. They're alien, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry? And I assume they're like an alien of some sort. Potentially. Let's let's put that on the back burner, Mm -hmm. right? And the reason that they're beckoning is because this individual who has inhabited this very popular, famous musician over on the the known, the, the inhabited, uh, tuning fork is he, they're like, I, I don't know why I have this feeling, but the only way that I think I can expand my music and expand the art and get out of this station is by exploring. And they're kind of an unwitting, uh, reason why this happens. I'm not sure how, how I feel about unwitting considering they're supposed to be a mastermind, but I think that what we can do is use Courtney and I's thread as like kind of like the reasoning. And then the true mm-hmm. mastermind is Daniel's yokel that we're talking about here. I think that might yeah. be the best way to do things. And perhaps the yokel is somehow behind both the entity and the uh, the musician at the same time. I don't know how we're going to get there. That's kind of the fun of this podcast is figuring out <laughs> how we make these narrative threads come together. When I say unwitting, what I mean is like, I think the this character de- knows about how they're, that they have this influence, this, this musical power, and they're deliberately going there. But I don't know if they realize that they're in, that, that the thing that's calling to them is in love with whatever power they possess. Like, because I'm assuming this person is possessed of an, of another influence from the inner room, right? They're just not aware of the of it being an entity. Is that the case? Or Rob, could you like restate your yeah your guy? Sure. So um, there is basically a very popular uh, musician who has taken in one of the last episode. We talked about how producers offer these alien mm-hmm. spirits as ways to gain supernatural singing and musicianship right so it's one of those people from the upper rim it's it's one of the established musicians they're actually popular both um, among both because for some reason they have mass appeal between between both parties this person this person has this yearning you know, I, I'm thinking this is the scene in a musical where they're looking out a window longingly, right? Looking for their future, looking for what's to come. They're dissatisfied with the career that they have, even though they're at the top. And so they feel this longing towards this station that they're justifying as trying to expand into a more creative field. In reality, what I think is happening is this this thing this this musician like the bad note that's within them that's giving them the supernatural power is the other half of courtney's spirit that is 
calling people to the abandoned station. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by unwitting. Like they're not aware that yeah. it's this other half that that's calling them. So right. The and on the other side, we have this thing cloaked in mystery that's calling to this person. Right. Well, it's not calling to the person. It's calling to the thing within the person. Yeah, the alien. Right. To clarify, I had been thinking that my guy was like just a a guy who has kind of gone a little nuts over the past few, however Mm. many years he's been alone Could they be possessed too then? Like maybe they arrived there on an exploration mission and they've been trapped there and then got possessed? Maybe. Or like maybe... Maybe they've mostly avoided the aliens, but maybe there was one that uh, offered him like a mm-hmm. like I'll help you contact your people if you just let me in a little bit. Okay, maybe it's something I mean, like that. That would work because then it, it solidifies the relationship with the other side. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe the one that's in Courtney's regular guy is also just a, the first one that's like, "Hey, you look like you're in trouble. Don't listen to those other alien yeah, notes. I'll protect yeah. you from them." You know, maybe right. it's that type of situation. Okay, mm-hmm. I think I got it then. This okay, it what do we got? Then. So, tell me about your yokel school marm here, Daniel. I've got it. So the the person that went to the outer rim um, fork was part of an expeditionary crew in some way, like because mm-hmm. they got there ahead of time, right? Um, that person knows the school marm. Perhaps they're part of the same organization, right? Mm-hmm. And they originally had some kind of uh, commercial intent in doing this. Person B has has been lost, is 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 in the the outer rim, is now interacting with this alien and summoning the inner rim. But Schoolmarm, who is in charge of this organization or is in some way, you know, deeply connected to this other person that's trapped there, um, A realizes that they can capitalize on this power if the two halves are connected, like on this mm. note. Mm-hmm. So they act as a um not a tour guide, but as a guide to get to the outer rim for rich um famous musician who they know is mm-hmm. one half of the, the total if they can get them together then they can capitalize maybe capture or use them in some way and they're expecting um you know the the lover the lover who is working with the alien um to cooperate with them but that's where that's where they make a mistake because now this person's gone mad so when mm-hmm. they finally do mm-hmm. link up things are going to be not what they expected interesting i like that i think that could work well I, I would like a little bit more motivation behind because this is like a, a pretty big thing besides just being a courier for the f- famous musician. I, I feel like there there needs to they need something else out of this transaction. They want something they that want will the make them from the two of them united. Oh, so they're, so they're going to try and steal that power for themselves. Oh, yeah. they're, okay. they're bringing them together mm-hmm. deliberately to seal whatever gotcha. happens, whatever musical magic happens when they're combined. And then they're and okay. then they're there to snatch that moment and yep. that and that energy. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I feel a lot better about that now mm-hmm. for sure because they yeah. they know that because of the expedition they did earlier with their other half or their their co-conspirator, they know something vital is there, but they lost their co-conspirator. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a matter of like finishing the mission you know can we go a step further and have that school marm be responsible for abandoning mm-hmm. courtney's character in yeah. the first place yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. they they saw that there was going to be danger so mm-hmm. they like booked it out of they there and just yeah. abandoned this other person oh, if that, if, that was yeah. enmity between them which would be great yeah right yeah if if i could and then from like kind of a narrative perspective if we're following that character we won't know why that abandoned person hates the school marm mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but also, like on the ship, and he will, it's all like undergirded once they get mm-hmm. there, you don't get it, you know? Exa- mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, of course, 
if I would like to make my weekly, well, the podcast, not just mine, but the podcast's weekly reference to the 1999 mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser classic, mm-hmm. The Mummy, <laughs> this character is essentially the Benny to Brendan Fraser's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh my God, I want to call him Jack, but I know that's not his name. Anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> I don't I, remember I, that character. You know, yeah, you do. So Benny long. steals every scene that he's in. He's know. the, he's like the he's guy the, like, who weird- weaselly guy. Yes, oh, okay. thank you. Yeah. You would know him instantly if you saw him again. He's the one when the mummy comes and he takes out his entire like Mr. T's worth of medallions <laughs> that are all different uh-huh. religions. Oh, it's great. <laughs> if by the way, if you're longtime listeners of this podcast and you haven't seen the the mummy, you gotta. It's it's required please, reading please. for the podcast at this point. We've referenced it <laughs> since like episode three, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I love this. I'm also thinking when uh, when we're looking at like character archetypes, I'm seeing the the school marm almost as like a Janet from um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, like mm-hmm. the like just very straight laced, and then maybe she gets opened up by some like kind of magical power towards the end or like the power of song and love. Who knows? <laughs> oh yeah. Cause I forgot this is a musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not strictly a musical, but there's a lot of music uh, going on. So I yeah. think that, you know, like that, that's going to be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have, we've added this level of ridiculous, like, Oh man, this is just a fun thing that we got going on here. I really appreciate it. Um, so Are we ready to move into our factions? I think so. Excellent. Daniel, I made you go first last time, which means that I'm going to go first this time. Mm -hmm. Fake out, Courtney. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Uh, My faction is like really inconsequential and I want it to be that way. I just want this certain aesthetic somewhere on the empty uh, tuning fork station because I, I I saw this in my brain and I'm like, hell yes, this is so dumb. I love it. Uh, I want an entire group of space greasers slash <laughs> rockabillies. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like driving muscle car, space muscle cars or space motorcycles. And they've got the big like pompadour hair and like the jackets and like, that's the aesthetic that I want. Again, I'm invoking Greece a little bit here because, mm-hmm. you know, why not? They've got a flying car in that movie. Why not have it in the space station? But that's what I want to evoke. I literally have no other ideas for them outside of like, they're a faction on this station. <laughs> I don't care what they do. They're just there. If you want to prescribe meaning to them, cool. I, that's basically where my brain stopped. I'm like, no, that's good. That's a complete thought right there. So uh, what what do we think about space greasers? I'm a fan. I'm wondering how we can like Westernify them in a bit, a bit mm-hmm. like give them some flair that mm-hmm. you would see in like a tropey Western movie. Mm-hmm. They seem to be like gangsters of some sort, like mm-hmm. territorial. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if in the, in the wild West, you kind of have, gangs of a kind you have right? posses like that, yeah, yeah they haunt, sure. either they haunt towns or they're like they're following a certain leader who's very influential oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. so i wonder okay. like you know they may either be an obstacle if in our proposed like twist adventure or they may be um 
kind of a, a way of getting through a dangerous space because mm-hmm. they populate the area or i mean along mm-hmm. the way you know in the outer rim they there might be fragments of them that you need help you need you got to deal with them in order to get where you need to go uh, yeah i could see that are like they, they are they taking the traditional place of a bandito in this particular yeah. setting? <laughs> so, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of horses, they have these these hogs, right? Like these yeah, they have they have mm-hmm. space motorcycles, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and, and uh, I mean, if we're going Bon Jovi fingers, with it, that's a steel you know? horse on which they ride, of course. Yeah. So. yeah. And yeah, Daniel, I was definitely picturing lots of finger snapping. Uh-huh. And dancing. <laughs> oh, so oh, now we're getting into West Side Story, which I'm yeah. also cool with. Yeah. yeah. Dance-offs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm um, picturing like somebody, like a group wandering through the station and all of a sudden on the, like far off, they start hearing snaps of fingers and like, oh no. Yes. No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like that's a universal fear and it's not just... It's not just the the, the kind of space greasers uh-huh. they were dealing with here. It's like if you're mm-hmm. snapping, you know that shit's about to go down. <laughs> you know what it is? Snapping is this setting's equivalent of like hearing spurs. That's what it you know, like in yes. westerns, you yes. hear somebody walking and it's like the spur. It's just snapping. That's what it is. <laughs> Love it. Okay. One other thing, this is this is just an idea that I had. I didn't really have any like anywhere to place it necessarily, but I thought it'd be really cool. If um, there were, I think it's it's slight semi related to the to kind of space greaser that I had in mind, but it's like this idea that the there are people who have tattoos, like full sleeves of tattoos that play music for them. So like maybe they're <laughs> singers or dancers and stuff like that, and they don't really have music, so they have these. I, I think I'm gonna just say nano machines because that's basically the sci fi equivalent of magic, mm-hmm. where like they have these like animated tattoos that like maybe it's a band and they're playing the music and it's coming from the tattoo itself. I just thought it was like a fun little like flavorful twist or, or bit that we can toss in. They should definitely have those. They're all snapper guys. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or like jackets with really tall collars and in the collars are like machines Ooh, that too. produce music. Yeah. Oh, that's good yeah. too. And they can oh, probably blast people with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And isn't it like kind of a thing where it's like all these like like the the motorcycle gangs have their own leather jacket with their own emblem on the back too? Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe that's where the music comes from as well, and it like denotes what kind of music they're into because <laughs> it doesn't all have to be rockabilly, you know. We can get kind of like different genres in there as well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like okay. All right, I, I, I tossed out my space greasers, uh, Courtney. What do you have for our faction today? <laughs> um, so I was thinking about Western tropes. And of course, one of the big ones is the standoff. We've got two guys staring each other down mm. and, and there's tense music. And I thought, what if the music is actually being played live as a way to make sure that the duel happens in a legit way? Something like um, they they provide like the sanctity of the standoff, mm-hmm. like creating a field of energy or something that keeps the oh, duelists from good. dealing lethal damage to each other. And from hurting bystanders. So if a guy strolls into town and is like demanding a duel without that kind of band, people are like, oh shit, this guy's real bad. Everybody get off the streets, like plug your ears. Shit's going oh, go down. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, so in, in like in movies and stuff like that, that's called diegetic and non-diegetic music. So are these, are these people who provide these kind of energy fields, are they called like diegeticists or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> 
They're like cinematographers almost. Sonic cinematographers. <laughs> Composers even, yeah. They're clerics mm-hmm. is what they are. Oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But like it's... not in like a Healy way, but in no. like a, they're kind of like arbiters and judges. Yeah. Like sanctification. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Music. Mm-hmm. What do they, what do they, I want, how do I, how would I visualize them as individuals? Good um, question. I, I'm seeing them as like a small band that like, I'm thinking like maybe every saloon has one or like every kind of town outpost type thing would have one where um, when when they hear somebody challenge somebody else to a duel, they just like come rushing over with like <laughs> with chairs and stuff, with stools, they sit down and like get ready to play. And it's like probably like a, a fiddler and a guitarist and like a, a just a, a variety of mm. people who can whip out those like classic Western tunes. I imagine it differs tunes. from town to town, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But it seems like they're kind of... Um... Like not flashy then. Like they're more like um Yeah, they're like background kind of musicians. Yeah. yeah. There's a class there's a class element to it, it seems. Like it, like you mm-hmm. wouldn't see these guys. I mean, maybe maybe there's a different version of these guys in the inner rim where you've got fanciness where they're like mm-hmm. overdressed and ridiculous. Oh yeah. Where I'm yeah. picturing mm-hmm. guys in like a dirty shirt with a broken missing button, you yeah. know, who have a, 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 a old straw hat and they are dressed simply because that's part of how they present themselves. I think yeah. having visual mm-hmm. distinctions between each town is a great way to mm-hmm. uh, to, to visually and like kind of like mini world build. Like you mm-hmm. know what that town's priorities are based on what their diegeticists look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I, when when you said that they had their own like ba- their own like uh, little like stools that they bring out mm-hmm. on their own, I was also thinking that. Why can't they just like move as a single unit? Like they have like a bandstand where it's like three or four <laughs> people, and it's like a robot leg type situation where it's like, oh boy, it's coming. So they all sit in the bands and it like walks them over to that particular area. I like that image. It's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, I just realized as well. Th- these are basic. So they're they're arbiters of the rules. They blend into the back, or they're supposed to blend into the background, mm-hmm. and they they have like maybe some kind of drab or or dress they're basically referees from like professional wrestling is essentially what I'm looking at. yeah yeah like i i could see like the the field that they make it's like probably has some visual that might be even similar to like a, a wrestling ring that mm. it forms around them oh if we were to have this be like individualized as well also you're you're like courtney i mean my heart is just like yes please that's what i wanted all <laughs> along uh i'm also thinking like if this is like a battle between musicians, this is also the backup band as well. It's mm-hmm. not just like they're providing just the baseline music. It's like, no, they're providing backup to whatever the person is is playing at the time. So they mm-hmm. maybe having to switch between two very different styles is, oh, is kind yeah. of part of their. So realistically, they might be some of the most talented musicians in the in the entire mm-hmm. setting. But because they're like not really looking for that, they're just like, yeah, no, it's fine. You 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 guys are looking for your own thing, you know. But I mean, there's an element of humility, I think. That's the same yeah. this faction, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of goes in line with clerical duties, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying. And yeah, I, I do yeah, like I the idea of them existing on in like the inner rim or the upper rim, whatever. But as like these really snooty like. Wearing like tuxes hey, yeah. with like poofy sleeves and like uh-huh. yeah, 
Yeah. It's it's the same. They look like the the from the movie Titanic. They look like the people who yes. are playing the ba- like that. That's what's going on. And then once mm-hmm. you go out de- to the other places, they look very very different. Mm-hmm. And I love that little added visual flair that you can basically be like, hey, what is <laughs> what is this town's you know what are the this town's diegetics look like? And then you can explain describe them, and you like get so much information based on that alone. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. Really, really fun so far. Loving these ideas. Daniel, bring us home. What is your faction all about? Um, so I was thinking of the trope of the sheriff, um, but Ooh, yeah. I, I want an evil sheriff. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I've imagined these these people from the inner rim who um, I just gave them like a name, Symphonist, but they could be called whatever. And mm-hmm. so they're kind of like of the same molds. They have a uniform. Um, they are like creepy, thin, bald, you know, sunglasses of some sort, um, maybe a badge that's very apparent. But what's weird about them is that they're like part of a secret group within the inner rim that's about collecting either music notes or bad notes or whatever. Mm. They're, they're tied to finding out more information about the alien stuff going on. But what they do is they're not like human. They're transmitted by music. So when when they need to go investigate something, their co-conspirators in that location play a certain type of music, which hyperspaces them into existence. Mm. And I don't know whether that's, um, they are literally moved from point A to point B or whether they possess the player, but the idea is that they're creepy and that when they show up, you know, because of the mannerisms of the person or because of how they look. And so you can have those scenes Mm. of like, they're, you know, like kind of like in the latest Mandalorian, which they did a really great job, I think, presenting that visually as a western concept of mm-hmm. like uh, the blue alien guy i think it's cad bane or something whatever he is yep, that's correct, um, like yeah. showing up you know walking in the classic uh western style in the <laughs> middle of an open field you know and he's got the sheriff look or the bandit look so that's that's what i'm oh, imagining yeah. they're very ominous because people know what they're what they are when they appear i love that concept mm-hmm. so much because Me as sure. you were talking about it i have this image in my head of like this is what mine looks like mm-hmm. you know um and and i and, and if they're the ones who are kind of responsible for grabbing these bad notes um i i have this idea in my head that they're using some kind of like either a bagpipe or some other type of wind instrument to literally suck the the bad notes from the air and from the people, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, like they they're there mm-hmm. to, to create silence by taking away that music, which that would be a cool way to do it. You know? Daniel, mm-hmm. that's that is exactly that is exactly what we need to have what needs mm-hmm. to have happen, right? Like that's what that is. they're scary. They're about silence, you know. Right. No, yeah. and that's and that's how you know they're around because all mm-hmm. of a sudden that band Music that stops. you hear gets yes. muffled and silenced out. And then mm-hmm. everyone turns their head and it's like, oh shit. Because yeah. they're literally absorbing the music around them as they walk mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. As, like as a visual standpoint and as like as a scene stealer, holy shit, that's amazing. I I do love that, but I also don't want it to be like too much like the Desolation Angels that we had in the. Um, oh right! The Did they also setting. steal music? They they had, they had a field silence. of silence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. damn it! Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. in musical settings, that's kind of like the go-to. So I suppose that's, that's not. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what I don't think that's what they're not trying to destroy the music. They're trying to steal it. What if it's less cool. like yeah, like silence and more like they're providing like a strict structure like they're composers essentially 
Hmm. that that sort of bends the will of musicians to theirs so that others are like forced to play a certain way like they can't improvise anymore i don't know i really like the idea of silence like i know that that we did that with the angel but i feel like that was totally different contextually Mm -hmm. yeah i think that i i agree like this is I, but I want to I want to roll with what you're saying though. Yeah. So I'm wondering if mm-hmm. maybe when they take the music away, that is what it becomes. Like yes, maybe that's their what I was as well. instrument of weaponry, like it transforms it into that. Mm-hmm. I, I, that that's what I was thinking as well. Is that as they come into the room, it does mm-hmm. like there's a muffin, like there's a muffling or a deafening or a silence that happens. And, oh, then, and then it plays symphony music of that kind. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and it, it's, 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 it's absorbing it and then like mm-hmm. putting it back. At, it's like recontextualizing it. it. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think that worked. The, the other question I had for you guys, though, is like, I, I, I was thinking kind of like the Matrix where when Agent Smith shows up, he takes someone else's body. And so it's super mm-hmm. creepy because you don't know where he might pop in. And I'm, I'm picturing like a scene where they're like they're in a bar in an outpost and, you know, there's suddenly that the noise we just described, like silence and then the symphony mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. No one has arrived in the room, but someone triggered them to arrive. And so someone of your compatriots becomes the symphony agent, you know, and mm-hmm. so like then you're like, oh, crap. So either I don't know if they've literally visually changed into what they look like or if their mannerisms change and that's what does it. I just mm-hmm. think it'd be in, an interesting thing if they they have an aspect of possession as well instead of just mm. teleportation. This sounds a lot like the uh, that game you ran, that one-shot Western. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where there, there was like a card game in a saloon at the start and uh, one of the one of the people in the bar ended up being like a villain. A villain, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think we can take that and maybe just give it as like a job class. You know, like maybe this one kind of like ignored or even like jeered or upon like person in town. Maybe he's like the old coot character. And then all of a sudden that old coot like transforms into this thing. And Daniel, are you interested in this idea that it can be anyone or is it like, are you okay with it being like, Hey, this is a sheriff. This is a a person who has already given themselves to this thing. So at any time it can be possessed. Um, I could see it going either way. Like that, my thoughts were either these are things that these is an established class of people that teleport in because mm-hmm. the right music is played, mm-hmm. or they the if the right music is played, you become a vessel for them, and then mm-hmm. they they do what they need to do through you. Because they don't. In that case, they wouldn't really have. They'd, they'd be similar to the the bad note possession. It's almost like right. the interim is using the bad note possession as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the yeah. music producers having co opted alien technology. So that's one way I could see them as having co opted it is that they've created their own sheriffs who they transmit through music. So I guess as I'm yeah. saying that, I'm leaning more towards possession. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I do like that idea, and I could see it like visually almost like flickering back and forth between the original person yeah. and the sheriff figure yeah. which is kind of disturbing and, it. yeah yeah I, okay uh, this is very demonic possession and i love that you know what I mean? <laughs> um i okay 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on can we have it so you can implant that into someone else? So maybe you can, maybe there's some nefarious group that's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to give you something. Or we're going to implant something, a tune in you, the devil's tune, as it were, 
that once you play this note or once you play this thing, you become possessed without your knowledge or something like that. And then they kind of coax them into playing that type of music or something. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's un, unwitting, then it would have to be done that way. Mm. If it is willing, then it's like, there are people who are co-conspirators with the inner rim who deliberately play the notes. So it's one, I think it's one way or the other. I think you can kind of have it both ways, but I, I, cause I like the idea that there are agents out there who are tricking people into like becoming unwitting possessing uh, mm-hmm. victims of possession in some yeah, way. Yeah. I, I think it could work either way. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney, what do you think? You think we can work with this? I think so, definitely. Yeah, I okay. like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Just from a aesthetic standpoint, we don't necessarily have to have that music be completely silenced. By the way, I, I'm thinking that we what might happen is you know when you're well, actually, all of you would know this. Well, the, the you guys, anyways, when you're like mixing music in in, in an editor or, or in, in something like that and you like tone one part of the music down and you ramp mm-hmm. up the other part that's basically what's like i like to see that as it's not silencing it completely but it's like all of a sudden the volume goes way down mm-hmm. and then you hear this kind of crescendo happen from the other side as well i know yeah, that i'm like right. beating a dead horse here but i just love <laughs> that i just love the imagery of it so much too, it's so cool too. I, I want to make sure that we Courtney's nail group that. too, because like Courtney's groups, like or not, it was your group, the Claire. Who did the clerics? I did the clerics. Courtney did. You did the clerics. Okay, so <laughs> the like I could see them playing and setting up whatever duel is happening, and mm-hmm. then the music really dims. Everyone yeah. starts looking around to see what's happening, mm-hmm. and then it starts to rise as this, you know, um, uh, symphony music. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of did mm-hmm. that dim, and then it, everyone freaks out. You know. Yeah. Mm. And I'm guessing that my group is like trying to to fight that in some way because they very much believe in like the sanctity of the duel and Absolutely. like nobody should interfere oh, with yeah. that. So if if some like highfalutin sheriff type comes in <laughs> from the inner rim, they're like, whoa, 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 we cannot have this bullshit happening. Devil goes down the Georgia battle right there then. Because <laughs> then they try to play against the the symphony music, right? Because yeah, they, yeah. they were like master musicians. So you've got this like clash of, of musicians immediately. Mm-hmm. Is that always the case? I, I mean, I imagine that, again, it really depends on the, the, the group. I would imagine that some of them would see that and then immediately stop playing and be like, okay, I know we're supposed to care about the sanctity, but the sheriff's here. Oh my God. And then the other, like, yeah, yeah. on the outer rim, it's definitely more like, screw you. We're playing, you know, as much as we can. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I just mean like in the outer room in particular. Yeah. yeah oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. This is fun. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this besides like they're, they're kind of like very, like music absorption thing. Do they have a visually distinct look? Is that something that we want to uh, put on them or do we want to have it? So it's just Sonic. Like it's, they have a Sonic signature, but not necessarily a signature look. I'm definitely Um, picturing like wide brims, like black hat. Oh yeah. Dark trench coat type thing. I'm I'm also thinking incredibly spindly and like gaunt and tall because of course you got to have that. I mean, th- that's where my brain goes. Yeah, that's what I had in mind. Like I was saying creepy, bald, I have written down creepy, bald, skinny CIA agents. But like, yeah. The Western <laughs> yeah, they're tall men. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Western translation would be like wide brim, dark clothing, thin, tall, you know, gray. Oh, th- that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
is there is there something that we can tie to like is there some kind of fashion statement that we can give them a look that like says that's a conductor right there? Oh wait, are they conductors? Daniel? Is um, the- I think so. I mean, I mm-hmm. saw them as yeah. if they're symphonists. I think like the symphonist is like the person who conducts the symphony, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Because with their with their ability to like tra- like to basically force their own music, like mm-hmm. that's what the conductors do. They're like making sure that their music that they wave the wand at is like playing. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so they have the baton as their kind of signature weapon, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And then what the yeah, that's great. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Oh, and I imagine when they show up that like tapping of their conductor's yeah. baton is like what what creates that initial mm-hmm. like yeah. quiet. Yep. And that'd be amazing. I, n- now I'm now I'm just going deep dive on this particular character design because I love it so much. I like to think that when they walk, it sounds like a metronome. You know, like click. Oh, mm-hmm. a tick tock. Click. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, like that's what their spurs are, essentially. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. See, this is so much fun when you get into like the nitty gritty of like very specific <laughs> world building stuff. I love it. All right. With our factions and the reconciliation of the twist out of the way, it's time to roll into our main quest line. Literally, because we're going to roll some dice and figure out some random elements that we're going to be focusing on. So the theme that we're going to be rolling for today is going to be hope. Always a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the th- and the thing that we're going to be focusing on within this theme of hope within the quest is going to be ooh, a moment of defeat. So we've got a moment of defeat with the theme of hope within our within our musical setting. Now, how can we incorporate all three of our factions within this kind of main story quest? What are our first thoughts here? Hmm. Something about the, like one of those cleric backup bands was defeated at some point by a conductor Hmm. um, and they're, they're, trying to undo their loss in some Ooh, way I like that. That's so that cool. this like is that. like, this is like a, th- so this is the group that we're focusing on this. Like it's a mm-hmm. group of these defeated, um, uh, the, 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 I'm going to keep calling them diegetists because that's the name <laughs> that I came up with, but they're, they're the, re- they're the cleric slash referees of this, mm-hmm. of this setting. Now, in my mind, I have to imagine that some of them are ex-cleric diegeticists, and some of them are current, or maybe they're maybe this is like Does a, he needs a to struggling. Go ra- round them up. What's mm-hmm. that? Does he yeah. need to go round up his old compatriots? Oh, uh, that, yeah, yes. yeah, literally yeah, getting the band back together. Yeah. Of course, yeah, uh, gr- great place to start for sure. And I think that when it comes to hope, I love this idea that they're all trying to find their way. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it's kind of like the, the, the theme is losing one's faith or questioning one's faith. But instead mm-hmm. of faith here, it's obviously like your ability or your music or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And maybe um, one of the band members is now like a leader in your like greaser mm-hmm. faction. Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. like the, the members who have already gotten together have to like talk their way into this group to, to be able to see their former bandmate. 
this this archetypal character is like the bad boy of course yeah. you mm-hmm. know oh yeah that's good hey, what i really love about this too is i i already have an idea of what this the main character is like the one who's who has lost everything and trying to put the band back together is he, it sam elliott because <laughs> that's well, who i'm picturing they they seem to have um like um a soft power approach like there's some kind of humility to them because mm. they've got to convince everyone of who they were and what what's in them more so and remind them of their glory days that's what i'm kind of getting almost like an right. obi-wan kind of feel you know all right one thing that i would like to uh make sure that we hit on as well make sure we get some romance and some love i know that the main theme is supposed to be hope but considering mm. that one of the tenets is like we gotta have a lot of romance we need some romantic interest in there mm-hmm. and we've got to also add in the conductor. So I love that. Like we've got some stuff going on. What do we want to do with it? Um, what if, what if the leader of that greaser faction is the old flame of the band yeah. leader? Ooh, um, I'm actually yeah. picturing. Um, it's Olivia Madel- Newton, John from Greece. No, I was like picturing, afterwards. I was picturing Madeline Kahn from, Blazing Saddles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, you you have like such a, a stronger Western aesthetic in your head than I do. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm thinking like, uh, like I said, Olivia Newton-John from Greece, where she's like, she's got like the big poofy hair and like the black leather pants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Could like merge them together. Into oh, one. Maybe, maybe she looked like Madeline Kahn before. <laughs> and then yeah. like, this Google is her new look once she's joined the Kahn. Space Greasers. <laughs> Oh wow! So so Sam Elliott and Madeline Kahn. I think that's fucking perfect. Now that I'm looking at them, <laughs> I think the age difference is a little bit much, but I can I mean, get behind it. You know, has it mattered in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, but we're better than Hollywood, Daniel. Uh, like, I mean, but it's Sam Elliott, so he's got this old world charm. You know. Okay. 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 She okay. Looks, she's pretty old. <laughs> so there you go. I think she. I mean, she passed away. Like yeah. So there you go. Always back. Yeah. <laughs> Pick, pick, pick an age that matches with Sam Elliott. He's still All right, alive. Fine, fine. She's dead. You know? <laughs> uh, by the way, why has Sam Elliott looked the same age for the last like? I was just years? wondering that too. It's like, wait, like has he ever yeah. been young? <laughs> I, I know that we're completely diverging from this main quest line, but like even way back in like Roadhouse, which is an '80s movie, he still looks as old as he does in like The Big Lebowski and like now, basically. Like when he was in uh, Parks and Rec. It's the same guy. You want to talk about like Keanu Reeves being a vampire? Like, nah, Sam Elliott's the real vampire here. Oh, he was, uh, he was very attractive in Roadhouse. Huh. Yeah. No, I, he's just, a, he's just I an mean, attractive he's, man. He's still, yeah. Yeah, come on. But, I mean, you don't become a Hollywood actor by being like schlubby and ugly, unless you're like John C. Riley. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We can we can look up Sam Elliott pictures on our own time. We got a podcast in the main <laughs> quest line that we can Sorry, get my bad, my bad. I'm so what's Sam Elliott from um from uh, Parks and Rec? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. So what's the main quest line? Obviously, the the antagonist is the conductor, right? That's the obvious bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's a matter of we've got to get the band back together because why the conductor's well, back? The and conductor you're trying to is still in, he's stolen music. From them that's what he does they steal mm-hmm. music he's stolen uh, the band's song like what makes them what they are mm-hmm. and for some reason sam elliott needs that song back to do something 
So let's figure that, let's figure out why. And then I think we have our quest and then we're good. And also we got to add in some kind of ridiculous set piece here. Like we need something like with a lot of oomph basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, these people care about um, the sanctity of performance and the towns they come from, right? Right. So is there is their society or their town in danger without this music? Oh, like the it's lawless, the, yeah. Or like the the civilized guys from the upper rim are going to come in and like mm. turn it into some mining town or something like that. Yeah, because they've lost their inspiration. They've lost their music. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing okay. that, and he's down in his luck, and he's like, "No." He has a moment of truth and says, "I have to do something about it because nobody else will." Mm. Okay. Can we also and that's have the romantic it- part of it too? In a way, like looking back to what you were. Well, I, I was going to say that that's also the romantic part of it because maybe it's their love that finally, you know, like reignites something that is similar but new. So it's not mm-hmm. about like capturing what you had. It's about making something new with things that have changed. You know, that's where the hope really comes from. He like sees that. the moment of truth is he sees an old picture of her like in whatever bar and remembers who they were. And he's like, oh, no, this is something that can be now. And so he goes to fix this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the hope for, for the situation. That that worries me just a little bit because you're kind of commodifying her as a presence in some ways. I like I the idea so. that... I, I mean, if I think back to someone I loved and I've lost them, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a commodification of them. I think it's... Uh, I'm inspired by what, what we had, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like, it's sort of like we were stronger together. Right. Kind of okay. Yeah. See that mm-hmm. I can get behind. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's what I'm suggesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that I can get behind. Apologies. Oh. Oh. Maybe. What happened is they had had a kid together, and the oh. conductor did something to that kid. Okay. okay. And that Ooh. specific Ooh. conductor is coming back, and that's why he wants to like get back together and defeat this person. Plot twist. The kid has adopted the conductor way and it's not the original conductor oh, going back shit. because he's dead. It's the child. There we go. There <laughs> we go. One twist. And maybe maybe that's why they get back together is like, oh, they hear yeah. that this conductor is coming back. Mm-hmm. But it's actually the child who maybe the conductor kidnapped or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You got to turn him mm-hmm. to the good side or whatever. Maybe there we go. Can, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There we go. W- through the power of love, Daniel. <laughs> and music. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's it. 100%. Mm-hmm. We nailed it. Okay. Um, is that it? Did we kill it so easily and so quickly? That was great. I think so. I think that's all pretty right. solid. Do we want to bring in our like twist elements at all? Not at all. No, no I think that I think making this an anime would be a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like the, what we discussed with the twist seems like the largest adventure. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like why everybody's there in the first place. Yeah. This there is cool. It's a micro one, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this has been definitely one of my favorite, uh, settings that we've done in a while. So I, I think it's, I think it's because all the twists and turns and also my love of musicals really came out. Um, mm-hmm. the main twist, as I continue to say, Daniel being a fan of musicals net, like we've been friends Absolutely, for yeah. what going on <laughs> eight years now, Daniel. And I've never, I've never known that. 
about you. Wow, so. I didn't I didn't know that you guys didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that we can have a musical night from now on. So <laughs> Uh, with, with, with that all out of the way, a big thanks again to our friend and patron Jay for suggesting this setting idea. And remember that if you want to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, and you can click on a link, follow some instructions, and within no time, well, there's some time, we will be building your world on the podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are over on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord or give us money on Patreon, or just because you want the you want the Patreon only episodes, obviously. There's links for both of those in the description of this episode. This has been another brilliant episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're gonna get through this together until next week. Bye.